Section 50 of Gray's Anatomy, Part 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Laurie Ann Walden. Anatomy of the Human Body, Part 1, by Henry Gray. The Metatarsus. The metatarsus consists of five bones which are numbered from the medial side, ossa metatarsalia, one through five. Each presents for examination a body and two extremities. Common characteristics of the metatarsal bones. The body is prismoid in form, tapers gradually from the tarsal to the phalangeal extremity, and is curved longitudinally, so as to be concave below, slightly convex above. The base, or posterior extremity, is wedge-shaped, articulating proximally with the tarsal bones, and, by its sides, with the contiguous metatarsal bones. Its dorsal and plantar surfaces are rough for the attachments of ligaments. The head, or anterior extremity, presents a convex articular surface, oblong from above downward, and extending farther backward below than above. Its sides are flattened, and on each is a depression, surmounted by a tubercle, for ligamentous attachment. Its plantar surface is grooved anteroposteriorly for the passage of the flexor tendons, and marked on either side by an articular eminence, continuous with the terminal articular surface. Characteristics of the individual metatarsal bones The first metatarsal bone, os metatarsali one, metatarsal bone of the great toe. The first metatarsal bone is remarkable for its great thickness, and is the shortest of the metatarsal bones. The body is strong and of well-marked prismoid form. The base presents, as a rule, no articular facets on its sides, but occasionally, on the lateral side, there is an oval facet by which it articulates with the second metatarsal. Its proximal articular surface is of large size and kidney-shaped, its circumference is grooved for the tarso-metatarsal ligaments, and medially gives insertion to part of the tendon of the tibialis anterior. Its plantar angle presents a rough oval prominence for the insertion of the tendon of the perineus longus. The head is large. On its plantar surface are two grooved facets on which glide sesamoid bones. The facets are separated by a smooth elevation. The second metatarsal bone os metatarsali two. The second metatarsal bone is the longest of the metatarsal bones, being prolonged backward into the recess formed by the three cuneiform bones. Its base is broad above, narrow and rough below. It presents four articular surfaces, one behind of a triangular form for articulation with the second cuneiform, one at the upper part of its medial surface for articulation with the first cuneiform, and two on its lateral surface, an upper and lower, separated by a rough non-articular interval. Each of these lateral articular surfaces is divided into two by a vertical ridge. The two anterior facets articulate with the third metatarsal. The two posterior, sometimes continuous, with the third cuneiform. A fifth facet is occasionally present for articulation with the first metatarsal. It is oval in shape, and is situated on the medial side of the body, near the base. The third metatarsal bone, os metatarsali three. The third metatarsal bone articulates proximally, by means of a triangular smooth surface, with the third cuneiform, medially, by two facets, with the second metatarsal, 
and laterally, by a single facet, with the fourth metatarsal. This last facet is situated at the dorsal angle of the base. The fourth metatarsal bone, os metatarsali, four. The fourth metatarsal bone is smaller in size than the preceding. Its base presents an oblique quadrilateral surface for articulation with the cuboid, a smooth facet on the medial side, divided by a ridge into an anterior portion for articulation with the third metatarsal, and a posterior portion for articulation with the third cuneiform. On the lateral side, a single facet for articulation with the fifth metatarsal. The fifth metatarsal bone, os metatarsali, five. The fifth metatarsal bone is recognized by a rough eminence, the tuberosity, on the lateral side of its base. The base articulates behind by a triangular surface cut obliquely in a transverse direction with the cuboid, and medially with the fourth metatarsal. On the medial part of its dorsal surface is inserted the tendon of the perineus tertius, and on the dorsal surface of the tuberosity, that of the perineus brevis. A strong band of the plantar aponeurosis connects the projecting part of the tuberosity with the lateral process of the tuberosity of the calcaneus. The plantar surface of the base is grooved for the tendon of the abductor digiti quinti, and gives origin to the flexor digiti quinti brevis. Articulations. The base of each metatarsal bone articulates with one or more of the tarsal bones, and the head with one of the first row of phalanges. The first metatarsal articulates with the first cuneiform, the second with all three cuneiforms, the third with the third cuneiform, the fourth with the third cuneiform and the cuboid, and the fifth with the cuboid. The phalanges of the foot, phalanges digitorum pedis. The phalanges of the foot correspond, in number and general arrangement, with those of the hand. There are two in the great toe, and three in each of the other toes. They differ from them, however, in their size, the bodies being much reduced in length, and, especially in the first row, laterally compressed. First row. The body of each is compressed from side to side, convex above, concave below. The base is concave and the head presents a trochlear surface for articulation with the second phalanx. Second row. The phalanges of the second row are remarkably small and short, but rather broader than those of the first row. The ungual phalanges, in form, resemble those of the fingers, but they are smaller and are flattened from above downward. Each presents a broad base for articulation with the corresponding bone of the second row, and an expanded distal extremity for the support of the nail and end of the toe. Articulations In the second, third, fourth, and fifth toes, the phalanges of the first row articulate behind with the metatarsal bones, and in front with the second phalanges, which in their turn articulate with the first and third. The ungual phalanges articulate with the second. Ossification of the bones of the foot. The tarsal bones are each ossified from a single center, excepting the calcaneus, which has an epiphysis for its posterior extremity. The centers make their appearance in the following order. Calcaneus at the sixth month of fetal life. Talus about the seventh month. Cuboid at the ninth month. Third cuneiform during the first year. First cuneiform in the third year. Second cuneiform and navicular in the fourth year. 
The epiphysis for the posterior extremity of the calcaneus appears at the tenth year, and unites with the rest of the bone soon after puberty. The posterior process of the talus is sometimes ossified from a separate center, and may remain distinct from the main mass of the bone, when it is named the os trigonum. The metatarsal bones are each ossified from two centers, one for the body and one for the head of the second, third, fourth, and fifth metatarsals, one for the body and one for the base of the first metatarsal. Footnote. As was noted in the first metacarpal, so in the first metatarsal there is often a second epiphysis for its head. End footnote. Ossification commences in the center of the body about the ninth week, and extends toward either extremity. The center for the base of the first metatarsal appears about the third year. The centers for the heads of the other bones between the fifth and eighth years. They join the bodies between the eighteenth and twentieth years. The phalanges are each ossified from two centers, one for the body and one for the base. The center for the body appears about the tenth week, that for the base between the fourth and tenth years. It joins the body about the eighteenth year. End of section 50